All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Good morning. Let's, let's talk about the rollout of the AstraZeneca vaccine mm. for adults in the lower mainland aged 55 to 65. Yeah. Correct? So yes. if you're in that age cohort, how does this work now? You can go to a pharmacy yeah. and get the shot. You can go to your local pharmacy. Uh, it's a bit of confusion on the rollout. came out of the blue yesterday afternoon. Not yeah. a lot of fanfare, not a lot of details. Some, of, some pharmacies, I think, were caught off guard uh, by this. Uh, right now, we had, as of yesterday, we had about 33,000 doses of AstraZeneca, so not a lot. You know, wasn't, we're not talking about vaccinating a half a million people this week or anything like that. We are expecting 204,000 doses from the U.S., though. That's our allotment, our share of the 1.5 million that's coming in from, from Washington, and we're expecting uh, more AstraZeneca down the road. Of course, AstraZeneca now, according to Health Canada's recommendations, or, or NACI, the National Advisory Committee on um, immunizations is not to give it to people under the age of 55 that will likely change i bet you that that goes back in the general population fairly soon nevertheless the rule the recommendation of bc's following is only give it to people over, over the age 50, of 55 right people over the age of 65 are going to get captured fairly quickly by the age rollout with pfizer and moderna so that's why this is this rather narrow opening is there but again, we don't have a lot of AstraZeneca, so... You know. And there's an expiry date on that vaccine, right? Is that uh, one of the reasons that they're trying to roll this out? Well, now? we got 68,000 uh, doses. 41,000 of those were gonna, are going to expire April 4th. Third, as of yesterday, 35,000 of the 41 had been administered because that's going to front frontline workers. Uh, and so that's that's going to be taken care of fairly quickly, the, that, that 41,000 was going to expire. So that's not so much an issue. Is what to do with those 200,000 that are going to arrive fairly soon. And that's why some of it will be frontline workers, but some of it is now earmarked for people in Metro Vancouver. Again, it's not you and I over here in Victoria. It's Metro Vancouver, people age 55, 65. If they don't want to have AstraZeneca, they don't have to take it. They can wait for their age cohort. I mean, this is Right, a- so if you don't want the AstraZeneca vaccine and there's been some concerns around it raised mm-hmm. and, and very rare cases. You can, you can wait for your age cohort. You can wait for the Pfizer and Moderna. Yep. Uh, that's yeah. your option. You know, this yeah. is again purely voluntary if you want it. But if you want to get that shot ahead of time, yeah. And I would recommend, you know, based on the science, I would. If I was in that situation, I was qualified. Uh, I was eligible. I would take the shot. Okay. The and a lot of people want it. A lot of people want the AstraZeneca well, vaccine. London drugs. Well, let me play. Let me play yeah. Chris Chu here for you. He's the head of the pharmacy section at London Drugs, and here's Chris Chu talking about uh, they got swamped with calls here. People want this vaccine. Uh, and kind of caught our stores off guard. But we took their names of eligible patients is what we ended up doing. And the amount of people that we actually ended up taking eligible names for um, is going to exceed the amount that we will initially get. Okay, so they quickly That's al- encouraging. allotted all the vaccine that they, they received. You heard him say they were kind of caught off guard a little bit about this. You mentioned the government announced this yesterday in a news release at 3 o'clock without a lot of fanfare. Mm-hmm. Is there any reason for this kind of soft launch of this thing? I mean, how come they didn't have a big news conference to announce it? Like, this is a big deal. Well, because I don't think there's a lot of vaccines right now. I mean, we only got... So maybe it was deliberate that they just wanted to do a... Well, I don't think... Like I a, don't. Th- yeah, not much point to suddenly get... Uh, you know, half a million people excited to rush to their pharmacies when there's we don't have half a million half a million yeah. vaccines. We've got we had thirty three thousand doses yesterday. Uh, we expect two hundred thousand sometime soon, but they're not here yet. 
as of yesterday afternoon. So I'm not sure it was really in anyone's interest to suddenly have everyone stampede to your local pharmacy. So if you don't have an appointment already now to get this out of at your pharmacy, do you have any hope of getting one now, or should people keep phoning? Or I would, because again, the, the AstraZeneca vaccines will continue to arrive, and and I think the 55 to 65 age cohort will likely get access to AstraZeneca ahead of the time that their age cohort will be part of the age roll-up with the Pfizer and Moderna. So again, it's totally up to you. If you if you are eligible for this, it's your choice. If you want to take it now, make an appointment. If you don't and you want to wait for your age cohort, wait for your age cohort. Yeah, I mean, some people might, like if you had the choice to take any vaccine you want, most people would probably say, well, I would take the Pfizer vaccine mm-hmm. um, instead of the AstraZeneca vaccine. But, you know, a lot of people are so maybe some people will wait. Some people will, but yeah. obviously the evidence so far is there was a pretty big rush to get uh, to get in yeah. there. And uh, yeah. the science suggests get the vaccine that you're you're offered. You know, don't say no. Okay, let's talk about John Horgan and and the uproar that he caused when he pointed the finger at young people. Pre- premier Dad, Premier Dad, calling out the young people for the spread of the virus. You're ruining it for all us, but the baby boomers here. So here's Horgan here in the key clip here, telling telling young people, chewing them out here. Have a listen. Do not blow this for the rest of us. Do not blow this for your parents and your neighbors and others who have been working really, really hard, making significant sacrifices so we can get good outcomes for everybody. Okay, we're going to have a great, uh, awesome debate about this at the bottom of the hour. I got Adam Bremer Akins, who is a former BC Green Party candidate, and Mo Sahota. You remember Mo Sahota? <laughs> so, yeah. Mo Sahota, I know, will probably he's come on and he'll support his friend John Horgan on this. But what do you think about this? Did Horgan make a mistake here? Because there's a lot of people actually support what he said. So he's brought attention to a very important issue, but I think he did it in a bit of a ham-fisted manner. Um, so the 20 to 40-year-old age cohort since August has tracked at 41% of the cases on almost any given day. That has not moved. I mean, they are the lion's share of cases. Uh, they're not a majority, but 41%. That percentage has not changed. 28% of the population is getting 41%. Of the case, so they're just they're getting disproportionately more COVID mm-hmm. uh, compared to but their share of the population. There's about 1.4 million people in that age cohort, and a vast majority of them, and I know members of my own family, are obeying the rules. And this is where Horgan, I think, should have separated the scoff laws from the rule uh, adherence, because the vast majority of people, uh, again, you know, they work on the front lines. The young people, they're grocery store workers. Uh, they they are forced by economic necessity to live together. There's very few single, you know, people uh, who own their or rent their own apartment. Rents are so uh, expensive right now. People live in groups, and particularly in Whistler, but also in Metro Vancouver. So, it's I think it's it was unfortunate to lump everyone into the same category. Having said that, yesterday what surfaced was a video out of Big White Ski Resort, which was just phenomenal of people in their twenties. Partying, um, jam packed in a bar, jam packed dancing on people tables, dancing no on masks, the, on no the social tables. distancing. They did themselves a world of harm. Right, and a lot of people looked at that video and said, "This is what Horgan is talking about." So this is why Horgan was right to call out young people, party hardy, because they're going to party us right into the emergency. But ward. they're not all partying. A lot well, of them not are, all of them are, but the vast we, majority are obeying the rules. Well, let's have a listen. Now, speaking of that big white video, this is Michael Ballingall, who is the vice president of Big White, talking about that video, this big party. This operator decided to put his alcohol and food on sale and obviously the staff that were laid off yesterday showed up and the party raged until the police showed up on scene. 
Okay, so yeah, pretty wild party. Well, we'll check seven days from now. Big White had a, <clears throat> a major outbreak some weeks ago, if you recall. 150 people or so were infected with COVID-19 at Big White, and most of them were staff people. But they just shut down. They just shut down Whistler. Yep. Should they shut down other ski resorts too? Like well, a lot of. A lot of ski, uh, Revelstoke, for example, today announced they were shutting down um, because of COVID-related concerns. We don't know if there's an outbreak there or not, but we've had uh, an outbreak before at Revelstoke. But it's the end of the ski season anyways. Okay, let me ask you about, I know you're an aficionado of the uh, Watergate scandal. Yesterday, G. Gordon Liddy, the so-called mastermind of the Watergate break-in, died at age 90. Have a listen to this report here now, Keith, from NBC News. This is Andrea Mitchell. In June 1972, he supervised the bungled break-in at the Democratic National Committee headquarters at the Watergate office complex. Five men were arrested early Saturday while trying to install eavesdropping equipment at the Democratic National Committee. Liddy, monitoring the burglary from across the street, evaded police, later recalling his return home. My wife woke up when I went into the bedroom, and I said uh, something like, things didn't go well today, I think I'm going to have to go to jail. I got in bed and went to sleep. And I stayed again. First dismissed by the White House as a third-rate burglary, Watergate led to investigations, indictments, and ultimately Richard Nixon's resignation from office. Okay, so G. Gordon Liddy passes away yesterday at age 90. What What is your uh, analysis of this guy? First of all, I would not use the word mastermind because it, <laughs> that detects bungled. some sort of genius. This was a bungled operation from the beginning. Fascinating guy. Uh, I grew up uh, watching, as a young tyke, watching Watergate, uh, fascinated by it, its implications. Gordon Liddy, G. Gordon Liddy, to his credit, he figured out this was actually a financial bonanza for him. So he traded on his fame as a bad guy in Watergate. He went on the luxury circuit. He made a lot of money. In After doing his, four years in jail. Yeah, and he joked, that, uh, half joked, he, as a convicted felon, he wasn't allowed to possess a firearm, but he said his wife kept 17 of them on her side <laughs> of the bed and would loan him one if he needed one. He is quite a character, but I take your point about the mastermind thing because when you go back into the details of the so-called break-in, like he liked to try and portray himself as this genius in these black bag yeah. operations, but when you look at what actually happened there, I mean, this was just a bungled oh, amateur, amateur hour, hour thing. Amateur hour. I mean, the cops came in, and there was supposed to be someone watching across the street, and you know, their, their their radios were not working. One of the guys who was supposed to be watching was watching TV, didn't yeah. see the cops come in. <laughs> so the thing was not exactly kind of No, this was a bungled... Uh, the White House got one thing right at the beginning, which is it was a third-rate bungled uh, it was. but the implications were huge. And G. Gordon Lee, a uh, fascinating historical figure. Oh. All right, welcome back to the show. Keith Baldry is my guest from Global News. Let's go right to your phone calls here and speak to uh, Bruce in Surrey. Hey, Bruce. Two quick things. If my math is right, with eight to 900 positives a day, that means about 9,000 people every day are, are partaking in risky behavior where they think they might be positive for COVID. That's every day. So I think he's right to call them out. The other thing is, we called all the uh, London drugs in Surrey, and none of them are partaking in the in the uh, COVID nineteen vaccine. Thank okay, you. Bruce. Thanks for the call. It's my understanding there's three London drugs outlets that are part of this so far. That number will likely grow because again, we don't have a lot of vaccines right now of AstraZeneca. Relatively very small numbers. Um, 
I haven't checked. The, the age cohort, 55 to 65, is probably in the range of a million and a half, I'm guessing. Uh, and again, we just don't have a million and a half vaccine, so we're not going to use the thousand clinics. Quite and yet. his his point when he said that if you got 900 positives a day, that means 9,000 people are take are well, in, because that's because it's a 10% posi- positivity rate in the test. There's a, there's a 10%. Well, we're nine percent positivity rate right yeah. now of is, is our positivity rate. Which so that is, means like you know right? 9,000 people go to get tested who think that maybe they almost, got COVID. Almost 900 of them uh, test positive. Yeah. Now, uh, the serotology study that was done at the beginning of the pandemic suggested that for every one positive case, there's likely eight more out there. Yeah. So yeah. Th- there's a lot of COVID flying around BC right now. Let's go to Blake calling from the West End. Hey, Blake. You two are taking care of business there. <laughs> I heard that little riff there. Anyhow, I after I listened to your show yesterday, my friend and I, we went on a veranda and we were going to take a, a little survey of our own of King George School here, the high school. And out of 50 um, young men and women coming from there, mainly in groups, we only saw 15 of them wearing masks. So I think yeah. the premier is right in what he said. Now, that doesn't mean blame everyone, but after 50, we stopped counting. Okay, thanks for the call. Well, I think maybe clear, Hort, if Hort, go ahead. If they're outdoors, there's no requirement to wear a mask. So let's let's be fair to those kids. Uh, that King George, I think, is in the West End. Um, it's uh, again, but you have to wear a mask if you're inside school. But if you're outside, just like other age groups, there's no um, requirement to wear a mask. Uh, there's a recommendation in many situations, but it really applies to indoor public places and schools. But is this kind of generational politics that Horgan is playing here when he calls out young people like this? Because it, it's like, you know, we have got older callers calling in saying, I agree with Horgan. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of younger people who are ticked off. Mm-hmm. So, and. By the way, when he said this yesterday, it wasn't like he blurted it out off the cuff. These were part of his prepared comments right at the start of the news conference. Yeah. This is something he wanted to say. Well, he's got the conversation going, there's no question. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. But then there's obviously some pushback by some young people say, look, I've been paying the price. I've been obeying the rules all along. It's unfair to lump me in with these other yeah. people. Richard and Burnaby. Hi, Richard. Hi, fellas. Uh, Hi. Question. We've heard the AstraZeneca is not safe for 55 and under, or they put a pause on it. How is right. it magically safe for 55 and over? Well, this, uh, these, these are science-based uh, decisions made by you know trained immunologists, epidemiologists, infectious disease experts who are looking at the data. There's no solid link between what some of the cases we've seen in Europe in terms of blood clots. It does tend to uh, affect younger women. Uh, at least in, the, in the, the data coming out of Europe. But again, there's not a lot of hard decisions based on this. This is basically the pause button pressed out of an abundance of caution, not because of absolutely straightforward black and white evidence. Yeah, they actually do it according to straight, straight up mathematics because they will take a look at the risk of developing serious disease and illness from COVID and actually the risk of death of dying from COVID, and it's older people have a higher risk. So therefore, older people, well, maybe they should take yep. take the, uh, the the additional the, risk the, of, of the vaccine the because you're greater. already at risk. Yeah, the risk is if greater. If you're younger, you're less risk at COVID. Exactly. So yeah. older people are more at risk at COVID, so it's it's, it's a risk-benefit analysis right, here. Right, right. It's, it's more to your benefit to take the vaccine, even though there might be a slightly elevated risk to that vaccine, that is not as great a risk as getting COVID. That's right. Okay, let's go to Diane and Surrey. Diane, you got 30 seconds, okay? 
I don't think this government's ever reached um, young people the way they should have. If they've been 40% of the cases since last summer, they should have hired some media people to get to them through TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. And I agree, he was ham-fisted. Lots of young people are following the rules. I've got a 16-year-old granddaughter who was, has been allowed to have one friend through this whole yeah. pandemic. Yeah, it's, this is hard on all of us, you know? Hey. Thanks, Diane. Yeah, you know, in seconds. fact, this uh, this cohort was identified back in the fall uh, to say you're infecting your grandparents and your parents. So this is not a new issue.